Hello and welcome to the show. This is the Goodwin Podcast and I am Nico. Thank you so much for being here. Holy snaps. I uh, I relapsed. I, I consciously relapsed on cannabis. I haven't smoked now for many, many moons. I you can go back to the cannabis episode if you're if you're really interested in, in the full journey. But basically, after cancer, after chemotherapy, I was like, I don't think I need this anymore. You know, it kind of almost reminded me of the sensation of chemotherapy for a while. Cannabis did. And um and that's kind of that's how it went. I kind of just stopped. I was like ready to stop after smoking for 10 years plus. And um that was like last August, September. I don't have like my exact date. I don't have my my clean date because it, it's just, you know, it's cannabis. So August, September, I stopped smoking. I stopped taking in cannabis. It was mostly about stopping smoking at the time because, man, I was just like, I'm like, I really want to see what my capacity is for training jujitsu with a, a set of lungs that isn't that isn't taking smoke in every night, you know? So I stopped in August. I, I only smoked then on Halloween. I shared a bowl with some friends. And then New Year's, I shared a bowl with some friends. And my moderation was perfect, you know, just literally a couple hits. Um, coughed. It was beautiful. I had an awesome experience. So I guess I haven't been completely stone cold sober, but just take took a long break and then last night i decided to go in i like sit down in front of the altar i, I make it i'm gonna make it a thing right i'm gonna use it as a tool for manifestation or like a, a meditative tool i'm gonna turn it into a ceremony because a lot of times i uh you know i would just smoke to just smoke to like turn on the tv or or whatever really it wasn't particularly inclusive of like mindfulness or it was actually more of like a relaxation tool, which is great, which is fine. But I just knew that it's being my first time smoking again, I could really leverage that power of returning to maybe deep, better understand myself, maybe manifest or, or, uh, or meditate. I got a lot of stuff coming up. I'm continuing to call in these like really powerful prayers. So I'm like, okay, let's go, you know, let's, let's use uh, the communion with cannabis in, in a particular way. And, you know, I did the sage thing. I said the prayers, I, I smoked consciously and uh, shit, the meditation was yeah, it was beautiful. So I, I did like three rounds of smoking. The first one took in a little bit, like fully conscious as I was inhaling. And inhale, like smoking and inhaling 
you know, not I, I did this thing where I learned this technique of smoking and just filling up my mouth so I can blow clouds. <laughs> when I was in high school, my friends and I would competitively gl- blow clouds. And in college too. And I kind of just like reorientated myself like yesterday to just inhaling, like I'm inhaling like a breath of fresh air, like looking at the cannabis as like breathing in some, some beauty. And I sat there and I, I did like a meditation, was really, really feeling into my body. Um, and then I was inspired to rearrange my entire altar so I have a three-tiered altar that, man, what, I I love having an altar. I love having like a sacred place like in a room that I wake up in um, and I can look at and it's just kind of cool. It's fun to put together, but also, you know, that's where the magic can happen. And I just spent the entire time reorientating my altar, starting at the ground level. There's actually four levels because I keep things underneath the, sh- the the third level. Maybe I'll do an altar tour. That would be kind of dope. So I re- I basically put all of these like animal totems on this bottom shelf. And I decided to go in to water. Water was kind of be the crown jewel of this particular season in my life. Um, so I took all the fire, all my candles, and I put them like on the on the base level. Someone gifted me a dragon, so I have this dragon energy. I have this bear. I have this turtle and this alpaca, and like and just orientating, making them look pretty, enjoying it, you know, and telling little stories as I'm as I'm shifting the antlers and. It all started with me taking feathers and cleaning each one off with with some cedar. And then as I was putting them down, I was creating this like mandala, this like really cool mandala shape. Um, Well, I don't know if it's really cool. The experience was cool. And actually, like, I guess I'm an artist, you know, but who's not? I'm an artist, but who's not, you know? Yeah, I'm a visual art, but who's not? I think everyone has the capacity for for it. And maybe that's selling myself short, but I don't think so. I, I feel like everyone can draw. It's really just a matter of allowing oneself and also just trying for long enough. That might be everything, but I, I I like or like arranging things. I like decorating rooms and 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 painting and deciding what goes where. And I really like this visual working with visual mediums. So taking the feathers and and building this little like like owl big owl feathers in the back, like smaller feathers like layered on top of it. So it created this like fan like mandala on top of a drum which I was already playing. Oh, fuck. So it was just a good, it was like a nice little meditation. It was very musical. I was playing the drums. I was trying to sing over playing the drums. And weed doesn't make me better, you know. 
It doesn't make me better at practicing music, but it makes me see the music in a different perspective that I, I think can, can give me perspective for growth in music, but it doesn't make me better. I'm kind of like, maybe I'm just not good enough at guitar yet, or, you know, my voice isn't refined enough where I can kind of just go into any situation and just kind of do the damn thing. What's my name? What's my name? But nevertheless, I was by myself so I could take some risks, some vocal risks, some risks on the guitar, some risks on the, on the hand drum. And, and I'm going to Brazil. I'm going to Brazil, um, uh, next month for a music workshop. And I'll be sitting with some, with some ayahuasca tea medicine down there and, and learning music from a master, master musician. And this really shaped my cannabis ceremony last night quite a bit. Because when I was practicing music, I was practicing it as if I was practicing with the group, with the musician that I'll be working with in Brazil. It was kind of like planting seeds for being there. And the anxieties of that came up failing in front of people you know I, I know you're not supposed to negative goal set but i also knew i was by myself i was taking some risks whereas in the group i'll probably hold it down until the time presents itself to take that to take that risk to rock out you know so played some music i rearranged my altar and then you know, round two of smoking. So round two, I smoke again. And this round was all about painting. And it's not really painting. I use markers and, and colored pencils on a drawing board. But there's a painting behind me back to my right. I'm doing a bison painting. I keep saying painting. It's on drawing board. Um, I'm doing a bison illustration. And it was dark and I was still like by the light of candlelight, I was coloring this bison and it turned out all right. You know, I just, it was more about letting myself go in with the colors and letting myself just fucking go unleash onto the, onto the drawing and to experience that creativity. That's the thing about cannabis is like, if I get caught up in my mind, it actually acts as a creative block. But I was happy to find that last night it really, being able to overcome that, it really opened up. It became that creative tool that people talk about it can be. When used too much, it it, it has the opposite effect where it, it kind of creates this paralysis of action. And I was glad to to overcome that or to not mind that so that I ended up coloring or whatever for a couple hours, pretty much the whole second round of, of smoking. And, and it was great because I've been really trying to take action steps. If you listen to the last episode, I put the manifestation out there of like clarity on how I can help this bison 
project, restoring the bison to the Great Plains. And I came up with some very significant realizations. Like, there's land for sale. Duh. Maybe duh, but <laughs> it, it wasn't so... I looked up land for sale, and this land doesn't need to be particularly blessed and fertile because we know that having bison on land can actually restore land that is close to desert back to grasslands. And dice and bison are so resilient, especially when they're in, in herds and packs, like they're they're made to survive on this land. So I'm looking up land and it's like there's some land for $60,000, $100,000 for like 4,000 acres in in the west, you know, New Mexico, Nevada. Which I don't know if it's too I, there's a lot to learn but, but my my point is <laughs> is there's land available not as expensive as you may think that can fit up to 100 bison, which is a significant herd size. There's a Yellowstone bison program where they, they will donate bison to a wildlife refugee. So really it's about getting the land. The bison can potentially be free and tested so that they don't have, so they don't have, you know, diseases that are brought over by cattle. And I looked into the NWF, National Wildlife Federation. There's a guy who is already doing a lot with bison, and he works with the native peoples of the land. I sent an email to him. Hey, I'm thinking about buying land. Bitcoin's been awesome, you know? And that's really it. Bitcoin's been been so good, and it's like this, these numbers are already feasible for me to do by myself, and that's without even asking for donations. That's without even putting together a GoFundMe campaign, which I think could also be successful once people saw the beauty in this project for our land for for the generations to come. But I'm like, I can buy this land. We can get bison put on it. I wonder my liability. I wonder if we can get the native peoples to steward the land, to steward the animals as they need, as much as they need. I want the animals to be wild and free and take care of themselves, self-sustaining. But can we get the native peoples involved so that there's so that there's some sort of accountability, some people, some stewards of the land? You know, am I liable if someone, if there's 5,000 acres in the desert and fucking a, that dude from Breaking Bad makes a meth lab and it blows up? You know, what's my liability? can we subsidize this land so it's tax free if once i as soon as we get the bison on there can it be more protected land that can that can be now tax free so i'm not liable like all these things are starting to click and you know painting a bison is like an abstract way of keeping my mind on on the mission so i'm doing that doing that last night and it, and it felt it felt good it feels just good to color you know if you haven't colored in a while give it a go and then I, I thought about 
I, I want to share with you guys a moment that I had with my girl with with my girlfriend, and it was just like a really. I'm kind of proud of how we handled it, and it's not because of me. You know, she's really amazing at, particularly recently, at if I can, at at just like having a conversation, at not crossing the point into, into yelling or into into defense mode like she can even when i'm like taking low blows if you will conversationally it's like there's times where she can go okay i hear you i'm like oh shit she's doing the thing she's showing me how to be good like she's being the mature one and we spend a lot of time together she spends a lot of time over at the house and I, I have work to do, you know, I like to do my work. I wake up, typically I wake up about two hours before her. And in that time, I do a little bit of meditation. I do a little bit of breathing, a little bit of movement. I do a little morning thing. Okay. Some manifestation. Um, and then I like to get to work. I, I, I write out a list of things to do. That's a bit, I've been big on lists now. I write them out the night before. I put little check boxes next to them. And then, you know, I'll go through and day by day, just go through some stuff and check them off. And I include everything. Like this list right here includes things like getting my taxes in order. I have to take my car to the mechanic, recording this podcast, uh, keeping up with some TikTok posts. Uh, my morning routine is on here because I like I put things on there because I like checking them off. So I'll have like meditation 30 minutes, breathing for 20 minutes, manifestation for 10 minutes, check, check, check. I'll have my movement, my health on there. You know, am I going to do jujitsu today? And then I'll have my my work things, my chemist, my chemist, my chemical sales job with him for the future with Kif Care. Um, and I'll have, you know, music. So I like to get to work. And I like to work on his projects. And I'm pretty self-sufficient. Like, I, I've gotten decent at, like, being by myself. And just, like, getting into a routine, finding things to do, ways to stay creative, ways to keep my mental health in check. And what this means is I can keep myself busy. She'll wake up. And I can keep myself busy until 6, 7 p.m. And in that time, I don't really have to ask her for anything. I don't engage. I can get kind of caught up. And so she and so she kind of came to me like, hey, like, like, do you want me here? And I'm like, okay, well, that's guilt. And now you're already putting me on the thing, on the defense it's like, you know, I like to have these projects. You know, I like, I like things to do. Just no. And she'll kind of come up to me at various points of time and like, hey, what about me, you know? And sometimes I can stop what I'm doing. But most of the time, if I'm in something, to break off from that is kind of a thing. 
I kind of have to do it on my own terms. And, and basically the whole, the whole point I'm bringing this up is because I surprised myself with something I said, and I think a lot of people experience this. And I said, and I and kind of shared the problem that I'm experiencing. And, and it's, I'll be doing something and you'll come up to me. She'll come up to me and she'll say, hey, something right now. Hey, something now. And I won't react well. Either I won't even acknowledge her because I'm like, well, she's not entitled to breaking my attention from this project that I care about deeply. She should be supporting me, you know, in my projects, not not trying to pull my attention away for for something selfish like needing attention in a certain way. And so I'll resist. And what I asked her to do is instead of saying, hey, something right now. Come up and say, hey, something. And when you're ready, then. (laughs) Do you get it? It's like, hey, something. And then I can go, okay, when I'm ready. Or I can even just nod my head. I'll keep it in my mind. And then when I'm ready, I I can acknowledge it. I can prepare myself if I'm if I'm writing something, if I'm trying to write a little story or if I'm in the middle of editing a video. And she can come up and say, hey, something, whatever it is. And I can nod, keep it in my memory bank, continue my work, not break from the work. And then when the time is ready when there's a pause in the action i can acknowledge the thing it's just this this whole entitlement of something now that's what i'm trying to point at something now is not going to work for me come up and 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 share the something but this urgency or this entitlement to my attention now when i'm in the middle of something doesn't is not going to work and i don't know why i do this maybe because i'll have kids one day but i think about like having a kid and it's they don't have the capacity of waiting it's it's something now it's something now and and i wonder how i'm going to have ease and grace and like kindness in acknowledging that or in teaching them gently it's like hey this is this is what I have to do now. And we will get to that later. And then follow and then actually doing it. And this is probably why maybe I'll have to start working outside of the house again. You know, a lot of my work is 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 in the house. So the ability for some for her to interact with me it makes it harder. Like, I feel like if I just left the house and did like a nine to five thing, then it's completely understandable that I can't give her the certain amount of attention that she wants. My girlfriend. But the fact that I'm home, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm always available. The something now is possible. 
and therefore she can come and, and approach me with it. I just think of like relationships, fuck, f 40 years ago, no cell phones. Like my grandparents, like 60 years ago, there was definitely telephones, but it's like, grandpa went to work at six, got home at seven. And, and like, just they legitimately, my grandparents had things to talk about. They didn't see each other for 15 hours. It's like my grandpa went to work, no communication with my grandma until he got home. Like, like if my, if my grandpa was out on a sales call with no cell phone all day, he, he did sales for Pitney Bowes. And something happened to the kids. He literally wouldn't know if a kid died until he got home that night. There would be like 12 hours, 10 hours, whatever it is. And he just wouldn't know. And this is how their days went. He would leave and, and they would have no direct contact with each other. It's like the relationships we have nowadays are so much. We spend so much time together. A year relationship now is equivalent to like a 10-year relationship 50 years ago because the amount of conversation is just so, the amount of communication is so heightened. It's like, look, I, I saw everything you did today. You posted it on Instagram or Snapchat. And me and my girlfriend will have this, this thing. It's like, I'll, I'll look through Instagram. I'll see her story. And then we'll talk on the phone like a half hour later. And she'll start telling me about this concept that she had that she already shared on her story. And I'll be like, yeah, you already shared that. I already saw that. I already gave you a, a like. I already gave you five likes today. Like we are so in communication. We don't even have the opportunity to like miss each other. We don't have the opportunity to like, when we do come together, it's like we don't have much to talk about because we already know every single thing each other did. It's just such a trip. I think relationships are so condensed and so rich now because of communication. Everyone's in our pocket. Our, our, our ability to miss people just isn't, isn't there. And it's just never been easier to take advantage of people. But that being said, I, I guess I pride myself a little bit. I don't know. I do call people and I mix it up too. You know, I, I try to have like a, a list of like 30 or 40 people and I'll call everyone once a month. Some people get a little more, some people get a little less. But the ability to miss each other is just, is just not there. So, yeah, not right now. Something when I'm ready. That's my takeaway in that relationship. So I was thinking about that during the smoking ceremony. And then I was watching, I watched some football earlier that day. 
and my mind just went on like conspiracies. I did the conspiracy paranoia thing a little bit with the cannabis last night. And then it actually got really intense around the end of the night. But I watched Tom Brady and Drew Brees play football. Now, if you don't know them, they're football. American football is a very popular sport. They are the quarterbacks, which means that they are the captains of the team, of the offensive unit. Now, Tom Brady is like the man, right? Quarterback, supermodel wife, all the money. He's a million years old and has the most championships out of anyone ever. And he won again. Not the championship, but he he beat Drew Brees, who's kind of like the stepchild who has like the most passing yet, the most offensive production, but just not the championships to back it up. And Tom Brady won and he did an interview with like a super hot uh, broadcaster named Aaron Andrews. She's beautiful. She's been in the league forever. And uh, they're the same age, Tom Brady and uh, Aaron Andrews. And during the interview, I was like, just kind of just taking it in. Tom Brady says all the perfect things. He's literally like, he's like the perfect. He's just the perfect. Every aspiring person wants to be Tom Brady, the goat, the legend. And at the end of the video, he's like, I'd just like to say something to my parents and to my wife and kids. I love you. That's beautiful, right? He's telling them that he loves them. But when I was smoking yesterday, I'm like, Tom Brady just wanted to say to Aaron Andrews, I love you. He put the little front, the header on it of like, hey, parents and wife and kids, I love you. I'm like, that was just a sneaky way of telling Aaron Andrews he loves him. And then I just painted him in my mind. I'm like, they have a relationship. You know, the kids and the and the wife isn't there. Tom Brady and, and Aaron Andrews are getting together and making sweet, beautiful love. And my mind went there for a while. Tom Brady is a conspiracy. He Tom Brady's my favorite conspiracy theory. He is definitely a conspiracy theory. There's no way he exists outside with with conspirators, with high-level reptilian people conspiracizing to make Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the Manchurian candidate, okay? Just, just think about it. You know, underdog story, he was drafted in, in the last round of, of the NFL draft. Most of the best players come from the earlier rounds. He's dra- so he's an underdog story which America fucking loves. America loves an underdog story, okay? It's not like this in every country. Some countries, they cheer for their heroes. Americans build their heroes up so they can chop them down, which I guess is like a cool progress thing, but it's like, ugh. So underdog story, he gets on the Patriots, 
and post 9-11 wins all this all the championships gets caught you know cheating but the cheating's not that bad it was like there was some air taken out of footballs because he preferred a, like us like a more smushy ball to throw or something like that that but on the patriots and he wins the most championships white dude supermodel wife always says the perfect thing there's a conspiracy there okay Tom Brady is definitely my favorite conspiracy. It just doesn't add up. And and in my mind, it made perfect sense that he has a uh, a second family going with Aaron Andrews. They're together making sweet, sweet love. <laughs> now that I'm sober, it doesn't add up. But it made perfect sense to me last night. I'm like, he just wanted to tell Aaron Andrews he loves her. And... And because that is an interesting thing. It's like, he did say, I love you. Through an interview, you know, it's like through a conduit. So it's like, you said it to, you said it to her about them. I don't know. There's more to unpack with this, but Tom Brady is a a robot, reptilian robot, put together by the Federal Reserve uh, to win the hearts and minds of the population. Everyone loves Tom Brady. Everyone loves him. Because he made it through, you know, he just always says the right things. He just made it through. He just kept winning, you know. Like people start, you know, LeBron James said no one liked him before the last championship. And I've even seen in the media how people have started to like LeBron James just a little bit more, put some respect on his name just a little bit more. You know, it took the fourth or fifth championship to do that. I think after the third, mm, you know, it's like keep going. And then he did. Tom Brady made it through the gauntlet. He's already the GOAT. He's the GOAT while he's playing, you know? It feels kind of rare. Usually GOAT status, greatest of all time status, comes after a career. Or maybe that's that's old school. Tom Brady is a, is a conspiracy theory. And I'm sorry, there's no fucking chance. It's a perfect... It's a perfect conspiracy theory because he would never acknowledge. He's just so above everyone else. Like, but legitimately, he literally has everything go. Like, Lion doesn't uh, concern themselves with the opinion. Everyone's a sheep to Tom Brady, and he probably doesn't act like that. But he, in his in his mind, he thinks it. He has to. He has to see himself as as the greatest. To get there. Or maybe his programming, you know, doesn't allow him to. I love Tom Brady. I love Tom Brady. I'm not hating on Tom Brady. I just think that he's a robot propaganda piece put together by the reptilian um, overlords. That's all I'm saying. And I think that he has a secret affair with Aaron Andrews. 
And if not, I think they would make beautiful. I guess she kind of looks like his wife already. She kind of looks like just a... Sl- now, Aaron Andrews is so fine. So, so beautiful. But she's not Giselle. There's levels to this shit. I'm not Giselle. I'm not Tom Brady, you know. So who am I to talk? I'm not even Aaron Andrews. Is, you know, maybe when she's 50 or 60, if I if I can put something together, get in the same room with her, have a good day, maybe I can have a dance and share share a couple romantic nights with her. But she's probably married too. Don't know. So it's, so that was the round two of smoking. And round three, I decided to do three rounds of smoking cannabis last night. Take the third round in. And this one's more relaxing. I go and I lay down and I kind of just absorb. I went through some to some bad places. I went to all the bad places. And you know what? I'm going to share a little something about the show. The show, this show, the Goodwin, the Goodwin show. I was just flooded with doubts, flooded with self-doubt, which is, I'd made a post recently about how self-doubt is a good indicator of aspiration. It can be an ally, but when you're in it, when you're in the extreme self-doubt and paranoia, it feels like, oh shit, everything's, everything's kind of wrong. And in hindsight, after finally getting to bed and sleeping on it, I was able to kind of come back and make this episode. But last night, I'm like, the show is, the show cannot go on. The production quality isn't good enough. And, you know, I don't, and the format isn't, isn't good enough. And I'm flooding people. I'm I'm putting out too many episodes. So I have things to think about. But my takeaway is I want to improve the show. I'm going to keep going. I want to increase the production value. I want to increase, make it a proper show, you know, for someone to, to take in while also being authentic and keeping in mind, keeping myself orientated to the mission, which is to restore the land by bringing back the American bison. You know, that's a soul's mission. I want to share authenticity in hopes to, for others to be more brave, to share their own authenticity, to be more vulnerable with themselves and with their loved ones, to build self-esteem of myself, but also of, of you. I, but I, I do want, I, I would like some help kind of creating a more cohesive show. Like I want there to be interaction as well. And so because of this, I'm starting to create an interview list, get people on some dynamics, some people who are, are smart, intelligent, some people I look up to and just reaching out to them and building a little bit of, of interviews 
I think that would be a really cool way to take the show, keep it entertaining, educational, and also support the mission. But yeah, those doubts, man, kind of went to this real dark place of like, basically hearing in my mind every criticism that can come with putting yourself out there. Which makes you think, is it worth it, you know? And my actions right now say, yes, yes, it is. But I do wonder why, you know, if those criticisms, if my mind can go there, then it's possible that they exist. And, uh, yeah, I just, I made a commitment to keep going, but I want to put, I just, I kind of had this, the worst thought I had was I'm watering myself down too much by putting out too much at a, at a time. I'm kind of going quantity and the quality isn't isn't fully there. I, I watch because I, I watch like beautiful films and I watch really creative projects and and the videography that I do is simple. And I think people do I've had some success creating video content that's more raw. It's just more real. It's just like a little bit, it just feels real. I think people were craving a sense of like authenticity. And that's what I'm trying to bring. That being said, I think I can do it in a more creative way. And the show needs to grow. So these are the, and this is kind of like the growing pains of the show is this self-doubt is because I want the show to be Awesome. I want it to be entertaining and educational and fun and and worthwhile, you know, for you, for you who are listening and watching. And I think having that that thought will only contribute to a more positive show. As long as it doesn't stop me from continuing, it'll contribute to a, a good show. And, and in my and in my mind, it's like. Even if these monologue style podcasts aren't the thing that people enjoy, I'll keep going, maybe get into into some creative projects, keep growing until I find something that is worthwhile or is a niche or is something that really fully expresses like my heart or, or passion, something that's truly inspirational, then that'll just be the next thing. And then people can look back and see kind of how it started. So things to consider, just know that I am keeping my mind on improving the show, improving myself, um, just creating a better world, controlling what I, what I can and staying active how I can. I just like you to know this.
Well, thank you all for being here. <laughs> I'm, uh, I am really thankful. Thankful for the ability to do this, to live in a time to do this and to kind of, you know, and to fail. If this is a failure, um, you know, to keep, to learn from it and to, you know, vindicate myself and, and to truly give, you know, so that I can truly receive because they go together. So thank you so much for being here. If you like the show, give us a like, give us a, a good rating on, on Spotify or Apple. Those things help more than you know. And, uh, I hope to see you next time. This has been The Good Wind. <laughs>